Well, here we are. New year, 2022. Looks a lot like 2021 so far, which is not, I think it's safe to say, what most of us were expecting this time last year. 2021 was supposed to be the year things went back to semi-normal, the hot vax summer, whatever that was supposed to be. It always sounded slightly gross to me for some reason. But instead, we're sitting here with an Omicron surge, which follows the Delta surge that was what actually happened during what was going to be the hot vax summer. So as we work our way through the Greek alphabet, we're about on pace for the Omega variant sometime in the middle of 2022, which really doesn't sound promising. I do wonder what happens when we've worked our way all the way through the Greek alphabet. Maybe we use the Hebrew alphabet next. The Gimel variant has a nice ring to it. But in any event, whatever alphabet is next, here we are, living life in this actual context. Not the hot vax context we might have wished for, but the actual Omicron context that is 2022. And one of the questions we as Pomona Valley Church need to be asking as we face down a 2022 that looks suspiciously like 2021 is... If we want to be about following Jesus into the world together, how do we do that in this actual 2022? What does it mean for us to follow Jesus together in this actual life we live? Not the idealized life we wish we were living or the context that could possibly be around the corner if things break just right or the context we might be able to force into being by sheer force of will if we would just try harder constantly, but this actual life in this actual world in this actual 2022. One of the things Meredith and I talked a lot about before starting Pomona Valley Church, one of the many reasons we felt like a new church was going to be necessary in the first place was the sense that the ways of following Jesus on offer in most of the churches out there didn't actually work. Not that they never actually worked or wouldn't work for anyone, but that for some significant number of people, the actual life they lived didn't allow for a model for following Jesus that I know some of us grew up with of church Sunday morning, then Sunday evening service, and then midweek, and then a weekly small group meeting with personal quiet time practices each day alongside the formal worship expressions. The specifics might morph somewhat, but it's a time commitment heavy way of following Jesus in a culture where no one ever feels like they have enough time. And so Meredith and I wondered what a model for following Jesus might look like that isn't heavy on the doing religious things time commitment, but is still heavy on the following Jesus part. What might it look like to do all of this in a way that is joyful and sustainable while still being committed to actually living out the one another's from the Bible, actually neighboring well in both our literal neighborhoods, but also the more figurative neighborhoods of our work or our school or social circles? And then actually doing justice. Is that possible in our real lives? Not just those idealized ones in this actual world, not the sanitized version in 2022, not hot backs normalcy. One thing Meredith and I have said to each other often over these past few years is that if following Jesus isn't possible in our actual lives, then what even are we talking about here? What is the point? If we either can follow Jesus or live in the real world, then clearly something's wrong. And I want to be clear, again, the model I'm talking about is being a bad fit for the real world we live in. It might be fine for some people, for some contexts. It certainly was fine in the era it comes out of. People had more time. Women, for the most part, didn't work. Everyone's social lives were very much wrapped up in their church community already. There was no internet. (laughs) It was a different era, is what I'm saying. And the mistake is not 
the existence of this model of following Jesus in the first place. The mistake is thinking that even though the world has changed drastically, our model of following Jesus doesn't need to. There are some who are so ingrained in a certain model of following Jesus that they might hear what I'm saying and the message they would hear would not be, what if we tried following Jesus differently? But rather would be, what if we didn't follow Jesus? (laughs) That's not what I'm saying. (laughs) But for some, a certain model that made sense in its context has become the one right way for all contexts. And I would suggest those are the same people who have a really hard time when the world changes, who just hypothetically, of course, might decide that in the midst of a pandemic of a deadly airborne virus, yeah, gathering inside in large groups and singing loudly is the right idea. Because, I mean, how else could you possibly follow Jesus? The world changes, sometimes gradually, sometimes all at once, and our model for following Jesus should too. Because the message in the Bible is that there is a life-giving God who offers life to us here and now if we would only put our trust in them and not in the idols of the world, whether the idol of power or wealth, the idol of status, or even the idol of a certain model of following Jesus. Life isn't found in those things. Life is found in Jesus. Some might say, okay, I'm still not convinced here because doesn't the Bible tell us how to follow Jesus? And so how can that model change if it's, you know, in the Bible? And here's where things get really interesting because the Bible does tell us how to follow Jesus or Yahweh if we want to include the Old Testament, which we do around here. The Bible does tell us how to follow and that way changes. The specifics of how the people of God are supposed to follow God are different when they are nomadic herders on the western banks of the Euphrates from when they are slaves in Egypt, from when they are invading the land of Canaan, from when they are an expanding kingdom under David, from when they are exiles in Babylon, from when they are an occupied people under Roman rule. The big themes remain. The trusting God remains. But the specifics change. We're going to be starting a series next week where we make our way through the book of Deuteronomy. The book's name literally means second law or second teaching, and it's a book that is framed as just that, a second explanation of how the people of Israel are supposed to live, set right as they are on the cusp of entering the promised land. How should they live as they transition from the wilderness to this new reality, where their world will have changed? And we'll get into more of the details in the weeks to come, but for now what's important is that the teaching in Deuteronomy doesn't always match up exactly with the teaching in, say, Leviticus. Not in every respect and not in the big things, but there are differences there because this is not a timeless, once-for-always sort of teaching. This is something that flexes and changes to match the context in which the people of God try to live out their lives of trust in God. As just one quick example, Leviticus 17 says that anyone who slaughters an animal and does not first bring it to the tent of meeting to present it as an offering, shall be cut off from the people. It's fairly definitive. But then in Deuteronomy 12, we read that while there are times to bring offerings to the temple, the people may slaughter and eat animals in their towns without bringing them as an offering. The context changed, and so the ways of showing trust in Yahweh changed as well. It has always been the case, in other words, that the model for following Jesus might change as the world changes. This brings hope, I think, 
Hope that our God is not disapproving, distant, or unrealistic, but is rather the opposite of all three of those. Hope that life might be found even for us, even here, even now, because our God has given life to those in much bleaker circumstances than we find ourselves in today. Hope that we might actually be able to follow Jesus, might just be able to do it in a way that is joyful and sustainable. It brings hope. Almost paradoxically, it also is much more of a challenge. Timeless truths that never change and never surprise us are easier than finding new models and new paths as the world changes. Timeless truths mean that we don't have to think about what might work for us, our unique personality and context. We can just grab the plug-and-play off-the-shelf model and try to jam ourselves into it, except for the part where it doesn't actually work in the real world. Fortunately, though, we aren't reinventing the wheel with every shift of the cultural winds. This is why we often will use classic Christian practices in our times of response each week at Pomona Valley Church, usually slightly modified. (laughs) There's an incredible breadth of practices and methods that the people of God have used throughout history and that have fit certain contexts in the past and might, sometimes with a modification here or there, might fit the one we find ourselves in as well. And so we want to try them out expose ourselves to whatever variety of options are out there whenever possible so that when we find our world changed or we realize that we've been doing it a certain way and it just isn't working in our real lives anymore, that we might be equipped to try something different. And so as we head into 2022, confronting the reality of the world that we actually live in, the actual stresses and anxieties and limitations and responsibilities and desires It falls to each of us to think about what it might look like for us to follow Jesus in that life. Not some idealized one where we sprout additional willpower or add three more hours to each day or find magic anti-COVID beans. What might it look like to actually follow Jesus this year? Sometimes it's helpful as a start to look backwards. What has worked in the past and still is working for you and can be continued? What isn't working anymore and needs to be modified or even pitched altogether. And so as we start 2022, the actual 2022, that's what we did as a community together. We spent some time doing a modified examine of looking at the year we just lived, the year that's coming up, and thinking about what are one or two things that have brought us life or that could bring us life as we move into this actual 2022. And so I would encourage you to spend some time reflecting on those questions for yourself.